John Brown's body lies a moldering in the grave While weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save But though he sleeps his life was lost while struggling for the slave His soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Welcome to War of the Rebellion Stories of the Civil War. I'm your host, Leon, and this is a reading of Company K, 155th Pennsylvania Volunteer Zouaves, a detailed history of its organization and service to the country during the Civil War from 1862 until the collapse of the Rebellion, by Major D.P. Marshall and assisted by Major J.A. Klein and Sergeant W.D. Porter. I'm not going to read that whole title again. It's even longer. We are picking up at part first, a sketch of the early life of J. Andrew Klein, and history of the organization, the volunteer company called Loyal Union Guards, up to its assignment to the 155th Regiment Volunteer Infantry. With an appendix by Major J. A. Klein, late commanding officer of 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers, revised by Brevet Major D. P. Marshall. Almost 26 years have elapsed since the inception and organization of the volunteer company, then called the Loyal Union Guards, under J. Andrew Klein, Captain, and its completion to the requisite number of 100 men, their rendezvous in Kittening, Armstrong County, Pennsylvania, and movement from there by railroad to Camp Curtin at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, their examination and muster into the United States Service, an assignment to the 155th Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry as Company K. Since the object of writing a history of the organization and deeds of the company is that it may be a memento to the children of each member of the company and from them handed down to greet grandchildren, that in its perusal they may contemplate the magnitude of the hardships and endurance to which their fathers willingly subjected themselves for the preservation of the Union while fighting to put down the, quote, Southern Slaveholders' Rebellion, unquote. And as the commander of the company has been assigned the important duty of writing the history of its organization up to the date of muster into the United States service, it seems eminently fitting that a brief outline of his life be given, embracing a few of the leading incidents that may have led to the conception of the responsible undertaking to organize and command a volunteer company in active service in the field to aid in putting down the rebellion, which had at that time been in progress for a little more than a year. I was born January 7th, A.D., 1837, in one of the proverbial log cabins of those times. My father, John Klein, then resided in a small vale or alcove surrounded by high hills on the north, west, and south, in the northwestern part of Westermoreland County, Pennsylvania. He was of German parentage, and by birth a native of Pennsylvania. My mother was of Scotch-Irish parentage, her maiden name being McAdams. Her parents immigrated to this country when she was an infant. The first incident to my youthful mind bearing on military service took place when I was between five and thirteen years of age. My father was then elected captain of a militia volunteer company, and served in that office for seven successive years. 
The service then imposed upon the militia of the state was an annual muster and drill of three successive days in camp. The place designated to hold these drills for the western district of Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania, was usually called, quote, Clover Hill, unquote. These annual gatherings were looked forward to with considerable interest, and the preparations a few days previous for going into camp gave rise to considerable inquiry as to the duty of the soldier. But what was of paramount interest to a youth was the gay uniforms, composed of white pants, blue coats, the golden tasseled epaulets upon the shoulder, the tall white plume in the hat, the sword and sash and the dashing soldier mounted upon his prancing steed. Then the eager watch for his return, laden with a small section of gingerbread for each child, and to listen to the wonderful stories of camp life, incident to those days, was the height of our enjoyment. When about the age of sixteen, I enlisted in a volunteer company at Leechburg, Pennsylvania, about three miles east of where I was born, under Captain James Bear, and spent a number of days drilling in the Manual of Arms and Company of Movements, which gave me some knowledge of a soldier's duty. This company was abandoned after about one year's home service, a large number of the young men having removed to other localities. Having had a strong desire for several years to make merchandising the vocation of my life, in the month of July 1855, when in my eighteenth year, I learned that a young man was wanted in the large store of Messrs. Brown, Floyd and Company, of Kittening, Pennsylvania, nearly twenty miles distant from my home and that James E. Brown, the uncle of John P. Fitzgerald, very intimate friend and school companion of mine, was the one to whom the application would have to be made to secure the position, and that it required a recommendation of good character and fair business qualifications. This, I was informed, could be obtained from Mr. Bratton Parks, who was a brother-in-law of Mr. Brown's, also an uncle to my young friend and schoolmate. It was no small undertaking for a bashful, unsophisticated young man of my age to ask for such a paper, and it was with many misgivings that the journey was undertaken to see Mr. Parks, whose home was on a farm which lay along the banks of the Kiskamekis River, about two miles distant and on the opposite side of the river, which was crossed in a small skiff. Mr. Parks was in the field plowing and received me very cordially having been advised of the object of my visit. He soon relieved me of all embarrassment by opening the subject and asking several questions as to the aim and object I had in view, which were answered apparently satisfactorily. And he related the old adage, saying he supposed it was like getting a wife, quote, either for better or for worse, unquote, and that he hoped in my case it would be for the better. He then left me in charge of his team, while he went to the house and wrote the recommendation. He soon returned with it and gave it to me. I received it with thanks and returned to my home. Immediately preparations were made for my departure from under the parental roof to begin a new vocation in a life among strangers, and on Tuesday of the next week I left home with my best suit on, a small bundle of clothes tied up in a handkerchief, and five dollars of money in my pocket. Journeying three miles on foot to Leechburg's Pennsylvania, and from there on the canal in a skiff, which was run to carry passengers to the railroad at the mouth of the Kiskimitis River, 
under the control of Captain James Cogley, and from there on the Allegheny Railroad to Kittening, Pennsylvania. After a half-mile walk, the storeroom of Messrs. Brown, Floyd and Company, was entered, and upon inquiry, I was directed to the office in the rear end of the building to Mr. James E. Brown, where he was busily engaged writing. Upon entering the office, he left off writing and turned to his attention to me, received my recommendation, and hastily read it, after which he asked me some questions concerning the work and my ability to perform it, the price which they would be willing to pay, etc. We then entered into a verbal agreement, in which I was to remain for three years if my services were satisfactory, $60 for the first, $75 for the second, and $100 for the third. Mr. Brown then called one of the clerks and directed him to show me into the boarding house, Mrs. Robinson's, which was next door to the store building, where refreshments were served to me, the first since leaving my home. The first morning after my engagement, I was sent to the cellar, which contained two rooms, each twenty-five by eighty feet, to put things in order and give them a general cleaning up, which took about half a day. I then went to the third floor to put in order plowshares and hollowware, which had been piled up promiscuously. This was beginning at the bottom, and I did not relish the business, but put in another half-day, Mr. Brown occasionally coming up to see how the work was progressing, and giving directions how the work was to be done. On the next day this task was finished, and my attention was directed downstairs to the iron and nail rooms, and it was placed in order so that at noon I was directed to the general merchandise sales room to take a yardstick and begin measuring calico, and from that on through the whole line of dry goods. For over two weeks it was unfold, measure, and refold, until considerable of the awkward handling of the measuring stick was overcome. During this time, at short intervals, other duties were performed, such as taking in produce and making sales. In about three months I was introduced to nearly all the different kinds of work in the store. Then there was a change in the firm, and a general settlement of all accounts, and for this time I was allowed pay at the rate of $75 per year, an increase of $15 above contract. At this and other changes of the firm, Mr. James E. Brown remained business manager of both store and rolling mills and at each change I was retained in the employ of the new firm under the tutelage of its chief, so that at the end of the second year my salary was increased to $200 per annuum and boarding. At this time, there was a suspension of some of the work in the mills, and dull times generally, and an excess of clerks in the store, so that it seemed we were continuously treading on each other's toes, and while on a visit to friends in Indiana County, I was offered a remnant of a farmer's company store, which had failed. On-time payment, which I accepted, and took leave of the old store and began for myself. But after one year's trial it proved to be a non-paying investment, and Mr. Brown wished me to return to his employ. I accepted his offer, and placed my brother Zachariah M. Klein in charge of my store at Plumville for about six months. When I sold the entire stock, to Robert E. Brown, of Monticello, removed the goods to his store, and took pig metal for my pay. I was then in charge of the store, Mr. Brown's confidential clerk, and receiving a fair salary for those times, 
but the War of the Rebellion had opened, and several important battles had been fought with varying results. Two of my brothers had enlisted, Amos and Company G and Pennsylvania Reserves, and David F. and Company F. 9th Pennsylvania Reserves. The disastrous Battle of Bull Run had been fought, and another brother, Zachariah, enlisted in the 103rd Regiment, Pennsylvania Volunteers. Our army, under General George B. McClellan, had invested Richmond, and in the great Seven Days Battle, Brother Amos fell into the hands of the enemy, killed or wounded, while with his company supporting a battery, and was never heard of again. At this time the government was calling for more men, and to remain at home, enjoying the comforts of a peaceful life, while brothers and neighbors were sacrificing every comfort, and even life, for the love of country was neither endurable nor patriotic. From the commencement of hostilities, I was a close reader of the movements of the army, and received letters frequently from my brothers in the fields of action, descriptive of battles and marches. I also joined a company of young men who took night lessons, drilling in the use of the musket and company of movements under Captain William C. Beck, who had been a cadet at West Point Military Academy, and who had resigned after two and a half years' service owing to the intolerance of Southerners who then were largely in majority and control of the academy. I also did some drilling in the use of arms in the store at night, and while the 103rd Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers were organizing, and in Camp Orr near Kittening, I was a frequent visitor, and assisted in the commissary department under the directions of J. E. Brown and J. B. Finley. Sometime in July 1862, Ms. McMansua, dismissed soldiers of the 78th Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers, returned home, and after a time made an effort to raise a volunteer company. This movement I joined as a private soldier, but after a short time occupied in trying to fill the company with volunteers. A report was received from the company from which he was discharged, unfavorable to him on account of dissipation, and the movement was at once disbanded. I then concluded to make an effort to raise a company myself, but kept the matter a secret for a few days, meditating how to begin the work to make it a success. At this juncture, before having been known my intentions to anyone, Colonel J.B. Finley approached me and asked why I did not raise a company myself, since the other had failed. My intentions were then made known to him, and that it was my determination to go to the army whether a full company was raised or not. He then encouraged me to go ahead, said that I had the ability to perform the work, and that he would give me all the assistance he could, and with his encouragement and assistance, my success was ensured. This was about the first week in August 1862. After consulting my friend, Colonel Finley, a notice was prepared and inserted in the Union Free Press and the Armstrong Republican, stating my object and requesting all who wished to join the company to report at the Kittening Bank to William Pollock and sign an enlistment form, one of which was left at that place. I then secured a horse and rode over a large part of the country, taking on my route a large number of the villages, and when I heard of anyone who wished to enlist, visited his home, if necessary, and thereby received many names, on either a regular enlistment form, or on one especially prepared for the company, copies of which 
will appear herein later. The first place visited was Elderton. At that time, a circus or show was exhibiting in the place, and an address was being delivered on the issues of the war by a gentleman, whose name I do not remember, from Indiana County, Pennsylvania. There had congregated a large number of people, and as my business had become known, I was called upon at the conclusion of the address to speak, and improved the opportunity by requesting any who wished to enlist for the army to meet me at the hotel immediately. As my time was limited and required haste, but very few came, and a large majority rushed off to the showgrounds. The people of the place at that time evidently did not realize the enormity of the struggle going on to preserve the life of the nation, and I did not find anyone who was willing to assist in forming a company. While the show was in progress, I was informed that a young man a few miles out of town wished to enlist, but that his parents objected, and that his father was very much opposed to the war for the Union, being styled a, quote, copperhead, unquote. I was warned that it might not be pleasant for me, as they had threatened any who came to induce him to leave. Not having anyone else in view, I took my horse and went in search of the place, but found the distance much further than was stated, so did not reach it until after dark. I called and asked for supper and lodging, which was granted after some hesitation. During the evening, my business was made known, and a general discussion of war matters was entered into, but no particular ill feelings was shown towards me, as they had expected that their son would leave them without their consent. They promised to consult with him after I left, and that he might do as he wished, and if he went, would report to me, which he never did. The family rose early in the morning, and breakfast was over by daylight, and I returned to Kittening. And we're going to go ahead and close it up right there for today, and we'll pick it up next time. Let me know what you guys think. This is all brand new to me. Even if you're not going to subscribe to and become a patron, I'm sorry, a patron from my Patreon, by all means, send me an email I don't mind advice at all at warofrebellion at gmail.com. Warofrebellion at gmail.com was already taken. So it's just warofrebellion at gmail.com. That is my email. You can also find it at the bottom of my website and contact me. Let me know what you think. Should I do some things different? Should I keep them the same? This is all brand new to me. So I'm slowly building it together putting all the pieces in place, and it takes a while. And I'm less interested in having a large following and more interested in, ha in having a community following that gets to interact with each other. I'm also thinking about, as far as when I'm doing these episodes, if a place that you live at is mentioned or a place that you have been to, email me a picture of you. I've been thinking about, of all the places that are talked about, places that these soldiers go to, and especially in Pittsburgh, right? Or in Pennsylvania, where these guys are from, or in any episode going forward where people are from. If a place is mentioned where you are from, or a place that you've been to, and you've got a photo of that, of just the place, or maybe you, go ahead and send it to me. Email that to me. I'll put it up on the website. I've been thinking about having like a listener's location or something like that, where if this is a place that's familiar to you, then send it. Cause it would be really cool if you'd be like, yeah, this is, 
here's, you know, him talking about the street in Pittsburgh on this corner. And here's me standing there. That's cool. I would like that. I'd love to put that up on the website so we can reach back into history of what we're reading versus kind of like the modern times. So, all right. I'm not going to bug you guys any longer. Uh, thanks for listening. If you found this episode interesting, please reach out to me. You can go to rebellionstories.com, my website. You can check out the Patreon. Some of the included benefits is going to expand. Right now, you're just getting two episodes a month. But it's only a dollar a month to get everything. There are additional tiers if you want to give more, but you don't need to. If someone gives on the $10 tier, they get exactly the same as the $1 tier. And I'm really happy with that. So uh, moving forward, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get the two episodes a month, which I think I might elongate. And then on top of that, you'll get voting rights, be able to vote on which books are covered next. And you'll also have the ability to join the Discord. Now, if you don't know what Discord is, it's kind of like a app that you can have on your computer or your phone and has different channels that you can join. And there's some that are just text-based, so you can post pictures and just chat with people. And then there's other spots where they're voice channels and you can communicate and talk. And you can also live stream as well. So I plan on hosting just real movie nights and we're just going to watch really silly films or also civil war films. So I think I would like to do Audie Murphy's the red badge of courage. I think would be really cool to watch with some listeners, get the popcorn, talk about it and really just have an engaging community where we have somewhere to go to just talk. Cause I feel like we're so separated from each other now in so many different ways, this is a real opportunity to kind of like coalesce behind something we all really enjoy and just hang out together and just talk about things and share things. And so that's going to be all the benefits for my Patreon subscribers, which will probably be happening and officially launching probably at the end of July. So like just a reminder, I've only been doing this for like really only been doing this for about six months. And it's taken me a, a while to get started. It's so much work, guys. So, all right. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will see you guys next week. All following episodes are going to go straight on the Patreon. But once again, it's only a dollar. So, you know, come join. It's only a buck. And if you don't like it, you know, not a big deal. All right. I'll see you next time. Old John Brown's body lies a-moldering in the grave While weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save But though he sleeps, his life was lost while struggling for the slave His soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Hallelujah, or his soul is marching on. Ja.
town was a hero, undaunted, true and brave. And Kansas knew his valor when he fought her rights to save. And now, though the grass grows green above his grave, his soul is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. He captured Harper's Ferry with us 19 men so few And frightened old Virginie till she trembled through and through They hung him for a traitor, themselves a traitorous crew But a soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah For a soul is marching on John Brown was John the Baptist of the Christ we are to see Christ who of the bondmen shall the liberator be And soon throughout the sunny south the slaves shall all be free For a soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah That he heralded, he looked from heaven to view On the army of the Union With its flag red, white, and blue And heaven shall sing with anthems Or the deed they mean to do For his soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Then strike while strike ye may The death blow of oppression in a better time and way The dawn of old John Brown has brightened in the day And his soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah
marching on for his soul. 